Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz guitarist Abe Ovidia. In 2017, he released a hit single, Afro Blue, and there is more to come. He spoke with Neon Jazz about his childhood in New Jersey. He has a bachelor's degree from the Berklee College of Music and a master's from New York University. And to date, he has three albums under his belt and has gained the respect of his peers and jazz veterans alike like Grammy Award-winning trumpeter Brian Lynch, who said it has been very enjoyable to play with him, as well as to perform his original music. He is playing at a world-class level, so please get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Well, I'm glad you're a fan. I'm glad you've reached out, and I am, I am very happy to have this chance to interview you, so thank you for reaching out. Oh, I'm so happy, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, this is a very exciting year, so, you know, it's just um, opportunities, you know, I'm very happy about them. So let's go ahead and dive right in here. You sent me over some tracks, and Afro Blue is the new single from you. Talk to me about what's going on on your musical radar as far as releases and activity. In 2016 and 2017, for the most part, I really said to myself, I'm going to stick around New York, not go on the road. Just I really want to dedicate myself to, I want to get, you know, I really want to just play standards. That was it. You know, I've been playing original music for a long time. You know, I said to myself, I'm like, you know, like, I, I just really want to, I want to dive into standards for at least the next year or two. So that, to be honest, that's the only music I've played on all my gigs, just standards for about two years. And then I went on the road. I took a break. I've been going on the road maybe once a year for, you know, the past seven years. And I went on the road in December start, and I just had such a ball. I had the best time with my band and I really, and, and once I, I said, this is what I need to do. So this year I'm going on the road, you know, all the time going to Ohio, Kentucky, Atlanta, you know, several times to Maryland, several trips to Lake Placid, Virginia. So I'm going to be on the road quite a bit this year. Just, you know, but you know, I'm going to still be primarily doing when I'm here. I'll be doing my gigs in New Jersey and New York, but I'm really getting out there this year, and I'm super excited about it, because I'm going to be going to some places I haven't before. And, uh, you know, I, I, lo I love being on the road. That's where, I, that's where I thrive, I think. So I made that decision, and I said, I'm like, I, I'm like that's it, you know? I got to get back out there. Enough's enough. So that's, where, that's what this year is going to be bringing. So you're obviously in New York right now. Is that where you grew up? Well, I grew up in Marlboro, New Jersey, which is about 45 minutes from the city. I spent my whole childhood there and wanted to leave as fast as possible, so I went to Berkeley to immerse myself in musicians. And then when I was in Boston, I said, I got to get out of here. I want to go back home. So after I finished Berkeley as fast as possible, I graduated early. I wasn't the biggest Boston person. And then I moved back to to Marlboro and then went to grad school at NYU. And I've lived, you know, I've lived all over, you know, in some other places too. I was in Florida for a bit working on cruise ships and stuff in different parts of New Jersey. But um, I just relocated back to my hometown about three years ago. And it's great because I get to, you know, I live close to my family, get to see them all the time. And I get to play my gigs in New Jersey and New York. I lived in New York for a little bit. 
but you know, I found that I couldn't really work the New Jersey circuit without the car. So that's why it was important to me to be back in New Jersey so I could go back and forth and work the Philly scene too. So that's why I set myself up here. It's uh it's a great place to live. I love it. So let me ask you this about your early life and getting into music. You know, it's one of those things. I always see jazz as kind of a drug addiction. Once you get it, boom, you're oh in. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's it. That's it, it. So what musicians turned you on? I mean, you, you have kind of a niche instrument, which one of the legends live, grew up very close to here, Pat Metheny. But what was it about your... What music did you listen to growing up that really sucked on? You know, it's so funny because everyone has their story. And I like to tell this, like, as honestly as possible. But I grew up, I didn't know anything about jazz until I went to Berkeley. I grew up, I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and and Yes, and Rush, the music my father uh, exposed me to. And I was also got into fusion too, like Ma Vishnu and stuff. I grew up on that music. And I played classical guitar too. I was going to go to school for classical guitar, but then I was like, uh, you know, like I really just want to go immerse myself in musicians. Like I need to just, maybe that's where I'll thrive, you know, I'd go to Berkeley. So then I went to Berkeley and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to just, I'm, I want to be a fusion guitar player. You know, I want to be the next Steve Morse or the next, um, Alex Lifeson. So then I went to Berkeley, and then they put all the entering guitar players, like for that class, on a, on a floor, about fifty of them. And I swear to you that there were guys going to start school. They were playing already how I had hoped to play when I had left, like fusion music. So I just said, I, I was like, "What am I crazy? You know, I can't, I can't do this." So I'm like, "Maybe I could study jazz, and maybe I'll excel in that." So it was like just this split-second decision based on the ego, but it's that decision and becoming exposed to the music, wow. It was like, it, you know, the universe is funny in that way. I fell in love with the music. Like, like it's, it's, like a, not a, it's an addiction, you know, and uh, I'm the happiest when I'm playing jazz and having played pretty, pretty much every style of music you know, it's this is the this is the once I caught the jazz bug, that was it. But it's funny how that happened. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we all have that story and how it happened. So, talk to me about you know the one thing about musicians and the music is that going to school is one thing, but getting out in the real world is a whole other thing. So, my question to you is this: You spend a lot of money, you spend a lot of effort, you you sweat a lot through school to get your education to get out into the world to actually play. What did you learn in higher education that helped you as a musician? When I went to Berkeley, I feel like I didn't learn how to play jazz until after Berkeley, believe it or not, till till my graduate studies. But what I learned, you know, um, to in, in my higher education, having experiences with certain teachers like Peter Bernstein and Brian Lynch, who, you know, were two of my, who, people who really helped me a lot, they're doing it. The reason they are successful not just because they teach it, because they're active on the scene. So if I learn one thing, it's that you've got to be in the game, you know, constantly going. I think that's the most, because there's people, you know, there's, they might teach jazz, but they're not really, they're not doing it, you know. So you got to be in the game, 
I, that's the, that was the most important thing to learn. Like these guys, like when I was studying with Peter Burns, hey, you know, he's going to play at, um, you know, wherever after, after he was giving me a lesson in the city. So that's, that's, that's the most important thing. You've got to be in it to win it. Well, and that's obviously rang true for you, but you've, you've gotten a lot of great uh, accolades and best guitarist awards, and you have three albums, The Gem in 2011, 3x3 three three in 2014, and M Home in 2015. It sounds like things are going pretty good for you. Are you happy with your progress, your production, your output, and playing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I live a very happy life. I'm able to put, make the art I want to make. I'm in a very fortunate position to, to, to do so. I also own a business, too. I manufacture instrument accessories. So doing that, you know, I can also ju just make the art I want to make. And that's really important to me because, you know, after working on cruise ships and doing all kinds of other gigs like cover bands, you know, I was completely, I wasn't happy, you know. And I made a decision back in 2014 I'm just going to do, you know, what I want. I'm just going to make the art I want to make. You know, I, and I started a business, too, and that business has allowed me to just do the gigs I want to do, but it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty active, I think, as far as gigs, though, you know, by, you know, playing a couple times a week. So it hasn't stopped me in making the art I want to make. So I'm, I'm really happy to just, I'm in a very fortunate position to, to, do, to do what I'm doing, and uh, this year is going to be a fun one. Well, you know, over over your career, you've played with a lot of very storied musicians like J.D. Allen, Mark Ferber, Rodney Green, and uh, a lot of other musicians. What do you learn from these veterans that help you, not only as you growing as a musician, but what you lend to younger players when you play with them? I think you find out where you stand. You know, you find out, how am I doing? How am I evolving? Can I, can I keep up with them? Like when I did my first, uh, when I did my first record, I thought I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be ready to do, you know, I was, I was so young and I'm like, I'm going to be ready to play with certain people. And I learned where I stood right then and there. And that forced me to motivate that, you know, forced you to, to practice and to keep going. But I think it's a good thing when you work with someone who's older, you really learn where you stand. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, ultimately, how does the music feel in that moment? And if it's not going well, you know, you know, you know. So uh, that's the that that's it's a good thing to put to check yourself. You know, you you know you can do your own thing, and you know I have I'm very loyal to the musicians I hire. You know, I've been working with my one bass player for eight years. He's my first call. But when you hire someone who's who's older, maybe you know even even twenty years or something, or thirty years older than you. You you learn where you stand, so it's uh, what do they call it? It's like an evaluation, and I like to do that from time to time to see to see okay, like oh, can I can I keep up with this person? And you know sometimes you know the older musicians they're just they're they're so they don't they just they come and they want to play you know they just want to play, no ego, nothing you know they just want to they just want to make music and it's like. That's the that's the attitude, you know, because I've heard stories of older musicians who play with younger guys and they just beat them up on the bandstand, you know, like really like try to, and uh, and I don't think that's very good. So you know, it's but it's a it's um it's an evaluation to to do that. Let me ask you this about the health and vitality of jazz. 
you know, as from my perspective, I see a lot of activity. I always see fresh material. I think there's a lot of gusto that goes into this craft. And I want to know from a musician standpoint, how healthy is jazz in 2018? I think jazz, you know, is in a very, you know, in a great place. I see all sorts of uh, places, restaurants, uh, and that didn't have music were giving jazz a chance. I see a lot of, you know, establishments that didn't have music having music. I think jazz is in a great place. I think people are finding it very accessible to work, you know, as a jazz musician. Yeah, you have to, you know, really, you have to put in the time and put in the hours and make the situations happen and stuff. I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for, for you know, young musicians to play. You know, people, people who are in college to get out there and get exposure, you know, I think it's, I think it's in a great place. I mean, I, some will say it's not in a good, you know, I, the one thing I would like to see, though, as far as jazz, the one thing that I think needs to change about jazz is a lot of the jazz clubs out there, the ones who are, you know, more uh, like the real prestigious names, you know, they don't rotate the roster of players. And those clubs go out of business, you know. I know firsthand. So I think there, sh- I think there needs to be a little more of an open mind from some of these clubs to give the opportunities. You know, you have to hands, you know, the clubs have to hand the ball to the players and let them run. You know, that's what someone said about success. You know, someone hands you the ball and you run. You know, but I've seen some clubs close, and you know. And I, and the reason they close is because they, you know, and I know from experience, you know, like they didn't give me a gig, you know, they, they don't give opportunities. But as far as the state, there's a lot of new opportunities that are coming up, you know, and it's up to people to just find them. You know, how are you going to expose the world to this music if they want, if they want to do that, you know, but I mean, for me personally, I have to do it. Like, this is just something inside of me. I don't know what it is. That has to. I have. I'm. I'm the happiest when I'm on stage. No one's forcing me to go up and do it. You know. So I think jazz. I think jazz is in a wonderful place. You know. I just. Uh, the one thing I would like to see happening differently is a lot of the clubs. They really need to. Uh, you know. Evaluate themselves, and look at their. You know. The other clubs and some clubs are great and give the. Uh, the you know young guys opportunities and stuff. But um, the ones that don't change the roster, they they go out of business, unfortunately. So that's my one criticism. That's my one criticism. I would say I wish the clubs would have a little bit of more of an open mind. Well, let me ask you this about live performances. You know, along with just hearing jazz and becoming a fan and getting sucked into that world. What what have been some of the most impressive live performances you've seen that really have made an impression on you? Okay, uh, I know my top three right right now. I'll tell you, when I saw Joel Fromm, the uh, sax player, play trio. Actually, no, it was quartet in New York at this little club. Just played standards. It was guitar, saxophone, bass, and drums. Just standard, and the spirit was so strong. That I, it was a situation where I could have listened to them play, like, all night. Like, usually, like, when I go hear jazz, I'm like, you know, I have to admit, sometimes I'm like, all right, I got it, you know. I learned everything I'm going to learn. Now I want to go get a slice of pizza or have, you know, you know get, a, get a 
get a glass of wine or something. But when I saw them play quartet, it was so free and the spirit was so, sh- I, I could have like sat in this chair forever and, and listened to this band play. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. You know, that was, that was one. Another one that's really stuck with me was, um, was when I saw Kurt Rosewinkle play at the Vanguard in 2011. I mean, the, the band was so amazing, but the, you know, it, the, the, the room sounded like, like, this is like the greatest sound I've ever heard in my life, jazz-wise, you know? Like, it sounded like the Coltrane records. So those are probably, like, my top two. Like, it was Kurt um, and Ted Poor on drums and Ben Street on bass, and I think Aaron Parks was on piano. Yeah, but, man, they were swinging, and I'm like, this sounds like the Coltrane records, like how strong the swing is. Unbelievable sound. And also, one more I'll say, when I saw Kenny Garrett at the Iridium back in 2010, I mean, again, the spirit was so high. And it was one of those things, like, where when I saw this band play, and they, like, I was like, it just something lit a fire in me. Like, I need to be, um, like, playing at this venue, you know? Like, this is where I want to be. So that was very inspirational to hear his band play as well. So those are my top three. I hope that's I hope that's helpful. That is absolutely. So let me ask you this: Why do you love jazz? You know, having played you know so many styles of music, you know everything because I used to work on cruise ships and we played everything from Shania Twain to you know at last. But the feeling is just it just makes you feel so good to play it and listen to it. It's it's plain and simple like that. You know, it's a feeling. I think when you're standing by the ocean and you feel the 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 breeze come over you and you hear the sound. It's just, it's a feeling you get, and there's just something so special about it. Like it's just it's indescribable. I mean, I I love all types types of music, but there's just something about this music that, to me at least, and to others, is just so special to play it and to go listen to it. It's a you know I just I call it a I think it's a feeling. I think of anything, and it just it makes you feel. It makes you feel so good to to play it or listen to it, you know. Yeah, that's that's it. The first time I like when I had it, when I like when I heard it, I heard it, and that was yeah. it. Like when I heard it, I'm like, this is it. This is it. Amen. That's right. So let me ask you this. Let's get to the crux of who you are. Everyone has a version of you: your family, your friends, your fans. But who do you think you are? When you wake up, you face the world. You do what you do. Who who are you? I'm a very intense person. I'm someone who lives his life very deliberately. I'm an artist. You know, that, 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 that's at the core of who I am, I think. I'm a creative person. And for a couple of years, when I, you know, when I first started my business, I kind of lost sight of that a little bit. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person who just wants to create, who just wants to, to make music in, in its simplest terms. I'm an open-minded person. Um, and I'm someone who's, I, I'm non-judgmental. I'm the only person who knows what it's like to feel like it's Abe, who's Abe. I'm the only person who knows what it's like to feel like to be me. I don't know what it's like to be anyone else, so I try not to judge. You don't know what someone is, you know, what it feels like to be them. I think I'm a compassionate person. And I think I'm someone who, who you know, even though I'm kind of gregarious at times, I really want to, I like to do good. It makes me feel it makes me feel good to, to do good, 
to give to people, you know, whether it's, whether it's teaching, uh, I, I have a jazz band that does gigs actually. They're like some high school kids and, you know, or, you know, helping someone in my company or giving an opportunity to a young guy. Like I'll hire someone who's, you know, 10 years younger than me to accompany me on a gig. You know, so I'm someone who really likes to, it makes you feel good to, to, to do good things. So I really try, I mean, that's something that's just, I, I don't know, that, that's just something, I'm, I'm a, people say I'm a mensch. People who know me know I'm a mensch. I, I, that's like this uh, Yiddish word, I think, for, you know, uh, someone who likes to do good. That makes me, that makes me me. It's important to me to, to stay honest to myself as a person. Well, it sounds like it. I can I can tell by talking to you and your music and and what you embody that 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 that's truth. And I appreciate you taking time out. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for your story and your music. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, my pleasure. Looking forward to uh, to chatting again. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Jersey, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Abe for being a fan of Neon Jazz. He came to us, and we appreciate it, and we love all that feedback. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And as we say, until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.